0: 60 years of Hamilton, we are, cel- we are celebrating 60 years of Hamilton, and I've sat down, I've talked to people, I've heard stories of, uh, of how God has moved through the 60 years. 1961, this church was established as an Elam church, Ross Trevor Street is, is where it started, and, and then it went on to Mahoe Street and Malville, and then to Corfi Street, till finally, here we are on Maui Street. All these 60 years later, and, and the stories are still the same. People finding breakthrough, people finding Jesus, people finding healing. It's a credible story. But at the, at the same time, I've heard stories, sad stories of, of, of people journeying and also finding themselves in a place they never thought they'd find. And Now, as I got thinking, as I got thinking about, like, how we as a church, if we are going to continue to move for 60-plus years, what do we need to do? And, and I really felt God lay on my heart that we need to be aware of fatigue. Fatigue, not just in our Christian life, but also in every area of our life, in every, every part of it. Be aware of fatigue. So if you're looking for um, a subtitle to my message today, it is, Don't Fall Asleep at the Wheel. <laughs> Don't fall asleep at the wheel, okay? Does anybody know what I'm talking about here? Right? Have you, have you ever turned up to a place, right? You're driving, and you, you end up at a place, and you realize you have no idea how you got there your mind went somewhere else and you're like, oh my gosh, how did I get here? You're, it's like your mind goes in auto drive. And, you're, and, and that's a bit freaky. Have you ever battled trying to stay awake while driving? Right? You tried all you can, you, you wind down your windows... Let the air go through, turn your music up loud. And when, you're, when I'm by myself, I'm singing really loud. You're trying all that you can, taking energy drinks, coffee. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if you've done this, but I've even slapped myself in the face driving. Slapped myself in the face. You ever done that before? Like, or, or have you done this before when you're driving? You know, put your hand up if you've done this. Okay, good. I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. Okay, I'm not the only weirdo who's this weirdo driving like this yeah here's the thing though no matter how hard you fight you will never win you ne- what you need to do is pull over take a power nap 10 minutes 10 to 20 minutes no, no longer no shorter that's what you need and, and and because most accidents on a road is caused by driver fatigue driver fatigue people are trying to beat it I can beat this, I can get there, I can get there. And, and we're not paying attention to the signs of fatigue. And when we don't pay attention to the signs, and when you fall asleep at the wheel, it can have serious, very serious, serious, serious consequences. And for many of us, when we're driving the wheel of life, if we don't pay attention to the signs, it can have serious consequences, not only in our marriages, and our finances, in every part of our life. We need to pay attention, pay attention, pay attention to what's going on, what's happening around us, because if we don't, we'll fall asleep at the wheel. Because you know when it comes to to resisting temptation, you know the big temptations or the or, or the uh, or other big areas of life, it's easier for us to recognise, and we can step. So, oh, look at that temptation. I'm going to step aside. That the, oh, look, I, I avoided that. And, and but the truth is, it's not the big stuff we've got to worry about, but it's the small stuff, the little, the, the, the those little compromises, those little shortcuts we take. Oh, it's only a little compromise. It's not big. It's not like that big thing over there. But it's these series of little. Little compromise, and those are the signs of fatigue. If we, if we don't pay attention, we can find ourselves um, having an accident in, in, in the drive of life. We can have serious accidents in our life. Because it doesn't work. It really doesn't. And we've got to be very careful what's going on. And we find ourselves asking these questions. We say things like, oh, she'll be right. She'll be right, mate. That's okay. It's only a little bit of compromise. It's, it's not biggie. It's no biggie. And if you know your Bible... Then we start applying Bible to it. Well, wow, David, he did far worse things. I'm just doing something little. And David came through okay. Man, you, you, you look through David's life. A lot of those could have been avoided if he had paid attention to those signs. And a lot of people in the Bible, we use Bible, well, wow, it's not as bad as David. I'm not, I'm not having adultery. I'm not, I'm not killing someone. <laughs> That's a biggie, you know. But it's these little compromises. They turn into big compromises. The, those are the areas of life we need to be well aware of. If we don't pay attention to it, you know, we can find ourselves in trouble. And if we pay attention, we could avoid car crashes in our life. If you've got your Bibles, please turn with me to Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. This is, this is before Jesus, just before Jesus is led away to be crucified. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. Uh, And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Now, if there ever was a time when Jesus really needed his friends, this was that moment. This, Because he knew in in just over 12 hours that he would be crucified. He knew that. So anytime he needed his friends, this was that moment. He goes on in verse 39, going a little farther. He fell with his face to the ground. He prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Right? When he was about to to be crucified. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and he found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked. He asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. And he says this to Peter, watch and pray. Watch, stay awake, so you may, be, you may not fall into temptation. And, this, and, and Jesus is talking about what, what Peter is about to face. If you know the story, you know about the, three, the, the crows, the, the, they crowed three, the rooster crowed three times. Not the crow, but the rooster. wasn't a crow, it was a rooster. And the rooster crowed. It makes me wonder, there's a crow rooster. But anyway... This is when my wife says, Hence, don't say everything that comes through your mind. (laughs) Watch and pray, they say, you may not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So he went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. See, Jesus is fully God, fully divine, and also fully human. He's not half God and half man. He's not a demigod, right? He is fully God and he's fully man. Verse 43, when he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. Heavy. You know what that feels like when you're driving, right? Heavy. So he left them and went away once more and he prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go here. Let us go. Here comes my betrayers. How many times did they fall asleep? Three times. No matter how how much you walk with Jesus, no no matter how much time you're in his presence, if you are in a posture to fall asleep, you will. Regardless of how long you've been with, I've been a Christian for 40 years. And if you're in a posture to fall asleep, you will. Because today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. Today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. And it's those little little compromises. We see the big ones, we sidestep them easy. Oh, it's okay, it's only once, I'll do it once. But we don't pay attention, these little ones lead to big compromises. Today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. Today I want to talk about four postures to fall asleep. We know these four postures really well. The first posture is this, we stop moving, we stop moving. Have you ever seen someone going for a jog and then they fall asleep? You never seen anybody do that, right? You know, know, um, I have have an allergic reaction to jogging. Did you know that? I I do, honestly. Because when I start jogging, all of a sudden I break out in sweats and I get all red and I'm having an allergic reaction, my body's saying, anyway. We stop moving. We don't start walking and we fall asleep. No, we stop moving. Philippians chapter 3 verse 12 says this. I'm not saying that I've, I have this all together, that I've made it, but I'm well on my way, reaching out for Christ who, was so wondrously, who's so, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert on all of this. But I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onwards to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. I'm moving. I am keep moving. I haven't arrived. And the Apostle Paul, who's writing this, he's letting you know that because, just because you're a believer doesn't mean you've arrived. Oh, no more problems, no more issues. We, is that right, believers? We have no more problems. It's like, I've the, the, come to Jesus, all my problems can go away. No, that's not true at all. And if you believe that, that's, that's a lie of the enemy. And, and, and he say, look, you haven't arrived. And he's letting, letting, letting us know that, that he hasn't arrived either, nor is anyone else. But we've got to keep moving. We, keep, we never arrive. We've got to keep moving. If you stop moving in a season, you'll get stuck in it. If you, if you stop moving in a season, you get stuck in it. See, you may be in a season where you've got no job, Right? but I'm going to keep moving and not get stuck in it. I'm going, to, I'm going to look for a job. I'm going to get educated. I'm going to volunteer. I'm going to do all that I can, but I'm not going to get stuck in this season. I'm going to keep on moving because if you stop moving in a season, if you stop moving in your marriage, if, you, if you, like, as you're having issues in your marriage and you just stop, don't settle for that. You keep moving. Keep looking for help. Don't stop in there. Like, I'm, I'm having, struggling in my marriage. I'm looking and then look for, 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 for good counsel. Right? Don't just look to anyone to counsel because, let's be honest, most of us give bad advice. <laughs> right? Go to a counselor. Find a counselor. Right? How many bad advice I've heard from people? It's crazy because we all think we're good advice. Go find a counselor. Find someone, trusted person. Work on your marriage. Don't stop. Don't stay in that season. Keep moving. Second, second posture is this. We lay down. We lay down, right? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. What do you put on armor for? Right, most of us think we put on armor so we can do what? Battle. So I can keep protected. We can battle. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to fight. You may be able to to battle. What's it say? So you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, what do we do? Continue fighting? Stand. Stand. He's not asking you to fight, but he's asking you to stand. The battle is the Lord's. We declared it this morning. The battle is his. He, he has won the victory. The battle is we stand. We put on the full armor of God and we stand in his victory. We stand in what he has done in our life. We, we, we stand because he knows the way through. Not in our strength, but in his strength. So we put on his armor and we stand on what he has done. We keep standing. Because if... if, if if we don't stand for something, we fall for anything. Do you still stand for anything anymore? Do you still stand for anything anymore? Are you standing, for, standing up for your marriage? Are you standing up for your family? Are you standing up for that person in your workplace or place of education who's been picked on or bullied? Because if we stop standing, we start tolerating If we stop standing, we start tolerating. We begin to tolerate compromises amongst our children, amongst our family, amongst our workplace. We, we just tolerate. Because if, if, we, if we stop standing, we stop standing for what we believe in. we just tolerate it. And the third posture is this. We get comfortable. Who likes a nice, comfortable sleep, right? It's easy to fall asleep when you're comfortable. And if you've had a bad night's sleep, it's because you're uncomfortable. Have you ever gone to sleep on an air mattress and you had no idea it had a little hole in it? Yes. Halfway through the night, you've now got your butt on the ground or your shoulder on the ground yeah. and you're trying to, get, trying to find where the air is and, you, and, you, and you maybe you push your wife over so she can lift you up a bit and you realise you're way too heavy and that's never going to work. Okay, sorry. That's too much information. But anyway. But you never get comfortable and you, went for, you have a terrible sleep because you're not comfortable. The day of choice is comfort. It's comfort. We want everything easy and convenient. We want fame and riches overnight. The greatest thing in life will cost you something. You want a great marriage? It's going to cost you something. It's going to get across it and die to give you comfort. But a calling. But a calling. To step into his new creation as his images, his image bearers. He didn't die to give you comfort, but to be his, to to step into. He died to set you free and give you power to overcome. Didn't die to make you comfortable, right? But to give you a calling. You have a calling. You're an image bearer to bring this Edenic, Edenic vision of God back to earth. This is your calling. According to Jesus, life is not all about us. I don't know if you noticed that. Life is not all about me. You ever thought about something I say to my wife? If everyone drove like me, the roads would be much safer. You ever said that before? I was only joking when I said that anyway. (coughs) Keep moving. It's not about it. And yet everything in our culture tries to tell us to have it our own way. One of the quickest ways to forget about God is to be consumed with self, with comfort. Luke chapter 9, verse 23 says this. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower... It's going to be nice and comfortable for you. He doesn't say that. He said, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily. Now, remember, Jesus says this before he's crucified. So this isn't, he's not talking about an example. Look, you know, give him my life. He said, because they knew exactly what a cross was. It was a torture. It was a torture machine where people were executed on this torture machine. They knew exactly what he's talking about. They knew that it's not going to be, what he's saying is not going to be easy. Take up your cross and follow me. See, the greatest battles in your life that you will overcome are not easy. Some of you used to be through some battles. And while you are in that battle, it wasn't easy. And, 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 you, and you wonder, God, why are you putting me through this? Why do I find myself in the middle of a storm? God, I followed you. I, I, did, I, I loved you. And now I'm in this issue. I'm in this trouble. Because we forget that just because we're Christian doesn't mean we're going to go through hard times. And we find, ourselves in, we find ourselves in this place and we wonder why God has put us there. But then we overcome. We overcome. We get through it. And we realize something that something about us, that there's something inside of us that we didn't know we had. And we, we did and we got through it. We didn't see God while we were in it at the time until we got on the other side. And we can look back and that God was in it all along. But we were in that battle. We didn't see it. But we overcame. We overcame then when you come across someone who's in a battle that you've already been through, then you understand their pain, you understand their struggle, and you can say to them, hey, if God could do it for me, He can do it for you. You know, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit, you know what Jesus calls the Holy Spirit? He calls the Holy Spirit the comforter. And if you're comfortable, you don't need the comforter. think about that. I don't need the Holy Spirit because I'm comfortable. You know, the last posture is we close our eyes. You know, when we used to do family movie time for kids, get, get popcorn, get the blankets, get the feet up, and all the kids are watching the movie. Quite often the movie we're watching doesn't rock, doesn't float my boat when I'm watching a movie. And, and I'm in a posture I'm laying down feet up uh, and my eyes go heavy and I close and I go to sleep and the portal will nudge me and say did you fall asleep he goes no, no 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 I'm listening this is why we don't pray when we go to bed at night laying down because this is what happens when we pray I don't know if, you, if this ever happened to you this laying let's pray together because the family prays together stays together portal starts and I'm gone to sleep I'm gone I wake up in the middle of the night and I realize, oh, no, no. And I start praying, and I realize she's asleep, and I start moving. And then I go, Lord, I just pray for your grace to be upon portal when she wakes up. And my prayer changes. Lord, I just, you know, it just doesn't work. If you're laying down, if you stop moving, you're comfortable, you close your eyes, you're gone. And this is what happened when i watching a movie. You know what the opposite of faith is? The opposite of faith is not doubt, but it's sight. The opposite of faith is not doubt, but it's sight. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says this to have faith is to be sure of the things we hope for, to be certain of the things we cannot see. You know, I had somebody's well aware I had this real horrific sports accident. I was almost paralyzed. And um, and Pastor John Booth, he's gone to be with the Lord, did a quick prayer, prayed for me, and I was healed. I went along, did my MRI scan and everything, and then and and then during that time, I did a 5K walk with my daughter. I walked up the hucks. I went surfing really badly, surfing badly. And then now I'm in Auckland about to take a wedding. I get a phone call. It's the back surgeon who's just seen the MRI scan. And they, they say to me, how soon can you make it to the hospital? We, our team are prepping right now for surgery. And I said, oh, can we do this tomorrow? And he's going, no, no, we've got to do this now and I said well I'm about to take a wedding right now in Auckland they go how is that possible you should be in pain you shouldn't be able to walk what's going on and I said look I've just last week I went surfing I walked up that I started sharing what I was doing and, the, and this is what the surgeon said to me he said I'm not going to treat you of what I see because what I see you shouldn't be doing that but I'm going to treat you of I'm going to treat of what I'm hearing you say.'" The opposite of faith is not doubt, but sight. Sometimes you look at a problem and you feel there's no way up, there's no way through. So we close our eyes and we accept this is it. You can't see a way in your marriage, you can't see a way in the issue in your workplace, and you think and you and, and, and you think that is it. But if you look again, you will begin to see things that you never saw before. You know, spending time. And God's presence doesn't always fix our problems. You can spend as much time as you want, and God doesn't fix your problems. But you know what it does fix? Your perspective of what you see. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, you begin to see a new way of looking at your problem, a new way that you never saw. And this is what, our, when we did our series on the book of Philippians, we're talking about perspective, changing a perspective. You see another way through, and then Jesus gives you, you follow Jesus, and he takes then all of a sudden you see a way through. When you thought your marriage was over, come on, as long as there's breath in your lungs, there is still Hope. So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for us? These four postures. Remember, it's easily to identify big temptations and resist them. But it's those little issues, those little compromises, that lead to big compromises. Because today's captivity is tomorrow. Today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. Can you imagine what our life will be like if we're able? to recognize the fatigue that is happening in our marriages, our finances, and our walk with God. If we listen to them, say, oh, I'll, I'll be right, she'll be right, mate. She'll be right. Your greatest regrets is because you never listened to some of those, those, those moments in your life. The reason you ended up in, in, in financial disaster is because you never listened to the signs. The reason why your, your marriage has ended is because you never listened to the signs. Our greatest regrets could have been avoided if we paid attention to the fatigue. That was happening in our life if you stop moving in a season you'll get stuck in it if you stop standing you start tolerating and if you find yourself at a crucial fork on the road and you've got to make a decision do i stay or do i go ask yourself am i choosing to give up because it's the right thing to do or because it's easier it's comfortable just to leave Often the best and most rewarding decisions is we when we make a decision to stay the course. When walking away was simply easier to open our eyes and look again. Sometimes the greatest act of faith is faithfulness. Faithfulness. Staying where you're planted. You know, I know a story of this woman who at 16 while still at school had her first child by her third child she's a solo mum now it's easy for her to be stuck in that season of life and start tolerating this is my lot in life unqualified no education no money it's easy to accept this is your worth and to be comfortable in mediocrity and here's the saddest thing. Many of us are comfortable in mediocrity. We're dying. We're, we're, being, we're being compressed on every side, but we're comfortable in it. Because you think this is, all, this is all my worth. This is all it is. But let me tell you something. This woman, she encountered God. And when she enc- encountered God, she discovered purpose. After failed relationship, after failed relationship, and thinking that no one would want her in her life. She marries a God-fearing man. She recognizes the seasons that she was, that she's in, and she decided not to get stuck in it, not to get comfortable, and she opens her eyes and she begins to stand. 19 years after giving birth to her first child, at the age of 36, she re-enters the education system. Three years later, she graduates with a Bachelor of Music with her seven children, and her proud husband, that woman is my wife. Right over here. Don't fall asleep at the wheel. Don't be comfortable in mediocrity. It's time to stand up. It's time to keep, don't get stuck, keep moving. Don't get comfortable, open your eyes. And if you'll see, God will show you another way through. God made you in His image. He's the author and perfecter of your story. You are not a quitter. You are a finisher. A finisher. Come on. Don't let today's complacency become tomorrow's captivity. Let us pray.